thanks for coming along. Uh, today, what we're going to be talking about is something which I think is really interesting um, and something that I like to talk about in terms of, um, you know, eating and nutrition, all that kind of stuff is diet archetypes. And essentially what it is that I want you to know by the end of this is what diets do and how they work and what they all have in common and which of the different archetypes are best suited for you to potentially take advantage of. So as far as I don't advocate any kind of diet, um, I advocate choosing the right diet for yourself, but that doesn't mean that I don't think that diets are useful. Um, hopefully, what we'll be able to do today is to kind of bridge the gap so that you are as well informed on it as possible and you can kind of make your own decisions and you can you know, point yourself in the right direction. So what we're going to do first is just quickly just sort of explain what it is that we're on here. Diets are not magic bullets because there are there's always a but when there comes to sort of starting a diet, whether you're talking about sort of uh, cutting out food groups or you're talking about um, you know, following a special plan. There is no magic bullet and there are always pros and cons. And the thing is, is that people, from my perspective, they, they misunderstand this. They kind of think that, oh, have you heard about this diet? Oh, it's magic. All you have to do is X, Y, and Z, and it just works a treat. And there are always some people for whom that works. And equally, there are always some people for whom that, that really doesn't work. And they say, you know, it doesn't work and this diet's crap and blah, blah, blah. So, Hopefully, if you understand what it is that we are sort of, you know, dealing with in terms of diets and what is actually the, the baseline reason as to why they might or might not be a good idea, then you can start to apply it later on. Now, I'm going to re I'm going to sort of, you know, reiterate this at the end. If you're um, sort of starting at the beginning and you're day one, and this is like the first time that you're watching this, then this is probably a little bit down the line from where what it is that you need to be worrying about right now. Um, however, if you have, if you feel like you've mastered the basics, if you have made some good progress and you're looking for something to help to accelerate your progress towards the sort of the latter edges, latter, sorry, towards the latter end of your kind of your, your journey, then this is kind of the kind of thing that we want to be talking about. So the first question I'm going to ask all of you is have a little think. What do all diets have in common? And you might say they're hard work or they're painful or whatever it is. But the, the, the fact of the matter is all diets have one thing in common, and that is restriction. And I know it sounds like a nasty word, but that's the truth. Um, all diets are designed at some way or another, limiting your access to food, limiting your, your calorie intake effectively. And what they're aiming to do is to reduce your calorie intake to a point where you are entering into a deficit and you are therefore losing weight. Now, as far as I'm concerned, and I think this is um, the, the sort of, this is about as concise and as simple as you can make it, there are six basic diet archetypes. And all diets, regardless of whether the things that are made up in the 60s or things that are just popping up sort of, you know, recently, of which there are still quite a few that keep popping up, um, I think you can kind of, you can categorize them into usually one or maybe one or two of these, these categories. Uh, there are a few that sort of cross lines, but generally speaking, in my head, I can sort of categorize them into these categories. What they do is they either restrict the amount of time that you can eat, they reduce your carbohydrate or fat intake, because those are the two non-essential 
macronutrients that you well the fats are but basically those are the two sort of spare nutrients that go around your protein which is pretty much essential reducing processed food reduce reducing calories and there is another type of type of diet which is just an anti-food diet and uh, you may be able to guess what it is that is um but those are another type so I think that if you've got to the point where you've got most of the basics in check and you've already made some good progress, I generally recommend that people go for the green ones on the left as opposed to the red ones on the right. And I'm not saying that anyone can or can't do anything, but for the most part, this is where I've found personally most success with clients. And uh, what we're going to do now is we're just going to run through them all and we're going to explain how they work. So number one, and my personal favorite in terms of the diet or the type of diet that I generally recommend that my clients do is a time-based diet. So simply put, uh, a time-based diet is something like intermittent fasting, which you may or may not have heard of, or the 5-2 diet, or there's numerous others, but those are the two sort of big famous ones. And it's an intermittent fasting is very simple, which is that you will usually spend 16 hours of the day fasting. So that might be from you know, uh, you might have your first meal at midday and your last meal at eight o'clock. And then you don't eat anything from 8 p.m. all the way through to 12. And what you're effectively doing there is you're just reducing the amount of time that you spend eating and thus you will reduce the number of calories you consume. The 5-2 diet works in a similar kind of fashion, except for what you do is you have some days where you eat more and some days where you eat less. Now, pros and cons. Pros for these are quite straightforward. Firstly, it's really simple to implement. Anybody can follow this plan. Don't eat between these hours. Eat whatever you want afterwards. It's a big time saver. Lots of people use the excuse of time as a reason why they can't uh, you know, improve or get themselves into a calorie deficit with food. And the fact of the matter is, is that eating takes time. So if you're busy and you're struggling to lose weight, this is a really, really good option. The other thing is, is that there's no formal food restriction. You could eat whatever you like. And that is a big plus for lots of people. Now, downsides of which all diets have some, I would say that can promote kind of a binge attitude. If you're the kind of person that tends to find that they they overeat or they overconsume and they sort of get into a meal and you feel like, oh, I've eaten too much, this kind of thing can be quite troublesome. Um, it does also encourage you to ignore your hunger signals. If you wake up hungry and you're on intermittent fasting, you have to just say, well, sorry, have a glass of water and just hope it goes away. And if you're someone who's really looking forward to sort of um, sort of athletic endeavors, then you're you're going to find this is difficult because eating less frequently will actually make your body less able to recover quickly. So they're the pros and cons. And the fact of the matter is the people that I would recommend this to are people that are uh, desk workers. So people that are quite sedentary. So they don't necessarily get hungry first thing in the morning. Potentially people who are sort of like night owls. So they wake up, they don't really feel hungry at sort of eight o'clock in the morning. So they can just wait until 12. Um, and anyone who is sort of not that bothered about eating all the time and is quite happy just to do something else and just go. So that can be really useful for, for that kind of person. The second one is a low carb diet. And I'm sure all of you either know somebody who has tried this or have tried it yourself or something like that. And the two big ones are a ketogenic diet, which is basically where you, where you eat um, a few bits of plants, but that's it. Or there is actually also a carnivore diet, which my friend, one of my friends tried this um, to interesting effects, but it's basically where you just eat meat. And uh, I'm not against anything, but I don't fancy that one. That one doesn't sound like much fun, but uh, you know, whatever you want. Now, pros and cons for this one are quite straightforward. 
if you're overweight, low carb diets tend to help you balance your energy. Uh, it stops the sugar, sugar swings. Um, and actually it encourages your body to actually use fat as fuel, which actually comes out much more evenly. Um, obviously, if you're not in a calorie deficit, it won't make you lose weight. But if you're um, if you are, then it helps you to keep nice, even energy. It's quite simple to implement and it naturally limits processed foods because most processed foods have sugar in them or starches or carbohydrates. So that kind of that makes it quite easy. The downside is that it can be a bit unsustainable because eating out is difficult. Um, people like eating carbohydrates. That's a thing. Um, so for some people, and I have had clients who have done this long term, and they really like it. Um, but for most people, this doesn't necessarily seem like the best option. Um, it can give you a false sense of, sense of progress at the beginning, because what happens with a low carb diet is you actually lose a lot of water weight. Um, and it makes you feel like you've lost five kilos in two weeks. Uh, and then as soon as you have carbohydrates again, you just come straight back up again. And lastly, I would say it's, it's not ideal for athletic progress as well, because the carbohydrates are really important for actually giving you energy to perform. So again, I would give this a similar recommendation to someone who was looking for an alternative to this sort of time restricted diet. And that is somebody who is probably quite sedentary. They don't use a huge amount of energy um, and also potentially someone who actually um, just functions better on a lower carbohydrate diet. And it's a very easy way to tell this. Wake up in the morning, have a big bowl of porridge. Um, and if in about half an hour you feel good, then you're good with carbohydrates. And if in half an hour you feel like you want to fall asleep, then you're not. And that's actually pretty good. That works pretty well. So bear that in mind and uh, make a decision as to whether you think this might be good for you. Okay. Uh, number three uh, is a low fat diet. Now, Vegan is generally a low fat diet, doesn't have to be, but generally that's the kind of vibe that people are going for with a vegan diet. Uh, and actually the NHS diet, the one that is recommended by the NHS is also a low fat diet. Now, pros and cons of this one are a little bit more tricky uh, in that if you eat low fat foods, they generally are higher vo food volume, so you feel more full. Um, you can have an unlimited access to fruit and veg, which we know is a good thing. And it's really good for athletic goals because generally speaking, People that are doing that kind of thing require lots of energy and energy is much more easily accessed in the form of carbohydrates. Not always true, but for the most part, most people will find that is true. Um, bad sides are fats. Fats are quite sneaky. So uh, if you are, say, doing the NHS side, not the vegan side, you may find that meats have lots of fats in them and you eat them and you don't realize. Um, people add stuff in when you eat out. Uh, it's very difficult. to. It's much more difficult to control fat intake than it is carbohydrate intake. Um, and so therefore it requires uh, quite a lot more nutritional education. So it's a little bit more technical um, than your low carb diet. Okay. The other thing is, is that if you're somebody who is carrying a fair bit of body fat, it's going to have a high insulin load. And that is basically means that your body is not going to be able to process the energy that you're putting into it as, as effectively. And so what you'll probably find is that your energy is a bit more uneven. And it's kind of the opposite of what I said with the low carb diet. So this is generally, at, this is better for if you're already quite lean and you want to get really lean, a low fat diet is probably more appropriate. Okay. Right. And then on to the other three. First one, unprocessed diets, paleo slash clean eating. And these are ones which basically encourage you to not eat junk food, as you can see from my little picture in the corner. Pros are, if you have lots of food intolerances, this is kind of what you have to do. Um, if you want to feel good and you want to have good energy and you want good health, then a clean eating sort of option is for, for a lot of people is a, you know, a realistic must. It's just what you have to do. 
Um, it also does help you if you eat sort of less processed foods all the time, your energy will be better, you will live longer, you will be all that kind of stuff, okay? The downsides are socializing can be tricky because eating out is often tough, especially if you're, you know, you don't know what's being added into the food. Um, for lots of people, if they're sort of, push themselves too far down this rabbit hole, they can actually start to affect their relationship with food. You can demonize things. You know, I, I, I don't eat this because this is bad. As far as I'm concerned, labeling foods as good or bad is, is not really a good thing to do. As far as I'm concerned, it's all food and it kind of, you have different reasons for eating it. And then eating out is difficult. Travel is difficult um, because the fact of the matter is, is that the environment that we've had, that we've created around food is not a lot, a lot of it isn't clean. So uh, that can be quite difficult. I've seen lots of people do really well with this kind of eating. Uh, I've had clients that need to eat for, for health reasons stuff. It works. It's great. Um, but it's not for everyone. So be careful if this is the kind of thing that you want to do. Number four is a low calorie diet. So basically, Weight Watchers, Slimming World, all these kinds of things, what they do is they allocate points to what you're eating. And effectively, what they've done is they've worked out how many calories are in said food item and allocated a number of points so you, you keeps it simple so rather than saying it's got 583 calories in it they just say it's got five points okay now the good thing about this kind of thing and the iifym is if it fits your macros uh, which basically means calorie counting so you have macronutrient goals and you have to hit them at the end of the day the good thing about this is it does give you ultimate flexibility and that you can theoretically eat whatever you want whenever you want as long as it fits your macros or as long as you keep in your points, you get that feeling of control, which lots of people really, really need is to have that kind of objective, quantifiable feeling of control that allows them to actually say at the end of the day, I either have or haven't hit my nutrition goal. And I can tell you that because I've weighed and measured everything. And that is there is some advantage to that. The only downside of it is that actually food measurements are pretty imprecise because the amount of calories in a chicken breast are not consistent. Uh, the amount of calories or the, the weighing error is not inconsistent. There's user error. There's all sorts of errors which can compound up quite a lot and can make your can really sort of derail your progress. It also avoids your hunger cues. So you aren't listening to what you're doing. Thus, you are relying on something external to tell you whether you should or shouldn't be eating, which only ever. I mean, if you if you extrapolate that for the rest of your life, that only lasts so long. And it is really labor intensive. So if you're on Weight Watchers, you then will need to, or if you're doing a macronutrient counting and that kind of stuff, you always have to have the numbers going and you always need to make sure that you're on track and you can't really relax and you can't really eat intuitively, which is what I would say is a good thing to do. However, if you're very out of control and if you're somebody who really likes sort of numbers to get things right, this can be a really good stopgap between you, where you are currently and where you wanna end up. So it's not all bad. Uh, I just think for most people, it's not the right choice. And then for last one, is Herbalife slash Huel and all these kinds of things, which basically replace eating with shakes. And this kind of does work. Like people do this and it does work. It does, you don't have to think about anything at ever. You just have to mix it with water and drink it. Um, it's very time-saving, it's very cost-effective, and it kind of gives you the peace of mind. You don't have to stress about food. Some people find food really inconvenient and they'd rather just not do it and they just opt out. And you can just have these things for the rest of your life, never have any actual food. And you know, it works. I would say the problem is, is that you, you can't really socialize with food. You know, if you go to a restaurant, you sit there with your shake and you're going, oh, this is great. Um, and it does eliminate any relationship you have with food to completely. You, you completely dissociate from your hunger signals. You completely dissociate from your relationship with food. And it really doesn't have any longevity. And it's just a 
kind of a, it's a plaster over the top of a problem. Okay, so those six things or those six archetypes are the the main sort of those are that everything can be broken down into those things as far as I'm concerned into those categories. Now, what I would like you to do before you start thinking about how you can apply for this is actually start thinking about some prerequisites before you start implementing the big three that I want you to do, which is time, carbs and fats. The first thing is, is that you're now operating on level four, which means that your sleep is good, your training is consistent, you plan your food, you have good portions, you're active, and your food is balanced fairly consistently. All of that needs to be sort of 80, 90% of the time. A rough guideline is you should be aiming to get, for, for women, for body fat percentages, because this is kind of the easiest way to do, is sort of getting under 20%. And for men, it's probably getting under 15%. The idea is this kind of thing can help push you towards the end and just be that little bit more strict. What I would say is before you start thinking about all this, you, can, you don't have to opt all in. So with a time-restricted schedule, you could say on weekends, I'm going to skip breakfast, I'm going to have brunch, then I'm going to have a decent lunch, and then that's it. For me, that's time-restricted dieting. You could say, for example, on you know training days that you decide that you're going to have carbohydrates, and on non-training days, you're not going to have carbohydrates. There are loads of options for how you can kind of implement these things a little bit without going all in and without it being forever. And that's for me to tell you to do, okay? So if this is something that, that you think that you, you need to, you know, you want to, we can discuss this, right? If this is something that you want to continue to, to push forward and continue sort of working more on nutrition, this is the point where I can advise you on, on the best way for you, because it is individual and there is no generic advice. This is the best way that I can help you to implement it in a way that is manageable rather than just saying, I'm never going to eat carbohydrates again, okay? So hopefully, all that makes sense. And the thing that I wanted to say is that if you can actually implement this well, and you get to the point where this is this is something working for you, then oh, when, you're going to end up getting the fastest results that you possibly can. And ultimately, for a lot of people, that's the most important thing. If you, as long as you've got the baseline covered, and as long as you're ticking all those boxes, then this is what you need to do in order to get from A to B as quickly as possible, hopefully whilst being sustainable. Okay. And that's it.